Well, Merry Christmas. Are you having fun so far? Doesn't it, doesn't it just feel like we're together with our family? Isn't that sweet? Only maybe for some of us, just a little bit less drama. Come on. That was okay. Maybe it wasn't. I repent. Well, Father in heaven, I thank you that we can come together and celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. And today, we have already begun by worshiping you because you're worthy. And now, Lord, we want to remember the historical account of your son, Jesus Christ, who came into this earth, who looked down in the fullness of times and saw that darkness was upon the face of the earth yet again. But true to your word, Father, you came with your love. In fact, you said that you worked salvation with your own right arm. And through Jesus Christ made a way for us. So Lord, today as we read the scripture, as we read the word, the account of Jesus, I pray that you would quicken by your Holy Spirit the reality of heaven, the reality of redemption, the reality of the kingdom of which we're a part. Today, Lord, let your Holy Spirit cause within us a fire to burn, a rekindling of love, a remembering of who you are, a fresh encounter with your presence. Oh, Lord, let this be so much more than just an entertaining moment or an informative talk. But, Lord, let us encounter you as we remember the story of what you've done and what you will continue to do. Amen. Come on. <laughs> I think we're done here. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts is why this will happen. We are born again because of the zeal of the Lord of hosts. There is hope in America because of the zeal of the Lord of hosts. There is hope in the nations because of the zeal of the Lord of hosts. We are not endeavoring to help ourselves to become better people. No, we have abandoned all hope in our own self, in our own power, in our own strength. And we have said, I surrender to the goodness of the Father. I believe that you will complete a good work in me. I don't have any confidence in my own ability or my own flesh, which is why I have died and been born again. And as I am being sanctified, as I have acknowledged Jesus Christ, as I have been born again, I don't expect myself to become any of the things that he promised, except that the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. I went with the message this time, so um, just for those of you that are like, now wait a minute. Well, this is the message for the translation for those of you that are 
Luke 1, 26 through 38. And God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. And his name was Joseph and the virgin's name, Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty, beautiful inside and out. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. For those of us that are encountering the kingdom of heaven, Jesus is saying to us, son, daughter, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. And he, he said to her, you will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will rule Jacob's house forever. No end ever to his kingdom. And Mary said to the angel, but how? I, I've never slept with a man. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will hover over you. And therefore the child you bring to birth will be called Holy, Son of God. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son, old as she is? Everyone called her barren, and here she is, six months pregnant. Nothing you see is impossible with God. Our faith rests on an impossible situation. God himself hovering over a virgin and putting into her, by miracle, by supernatural doings of heaven, mysteriously, she is filled with the child by God himself. If we do not believe in the impossible, we cannot believe in this God. If we do not embrace the impossible, the things that go beyond what you and I can accomplish on our own, then our hope is in vain. We must believe in the impossible. In fact, we do believe in the impossible, which is why we have hope, which is why we endeavor to see the kingdom expand over the face of the earth. Amen? And Mary said, yes, I see it all now. I am the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me just as you say. And then the angel left her. How many of us right now need to simply say, Lord, I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Your promises are so much better than my circumstances. They're so much better than my habits. They're so much better than my limitations. But I understand that you're saying something better than what I'm experiencing right now. <laughs> and so I'm going to say this to you, God. Well, then let it be with me as you say. You don't have to present your, your, your argument to the Lord to say, but have you seen my life? Have you seen my habits? Have you seen my foolishness and my weakness? Have you seen my inability to love my neighbor? What are these promises? You don't have to say that. He has seen those things, but he's seen something better. He's seen what he's going to do in you. And so then we can look to him and say, Lord, ah, I see it now. You're not talking about what I can do apart from you. You're talking about what you can do in me. Well, in that case, be it unto me as you say. So Mary didn't waste a minute 
she got up and traveled to a town in Judah in the hill country straight to Zachariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. I love that. Let's not waste a minute. Say that. I'm not going to waste a minute. You know, God's given you a beautiful word in your life. He's given you promises. You've got dreams. You've got things you could be working on. You've got books to write and songs to sing and neighbors to love. What are you waiting for? Don't waste a minute. Have you fallen down in sin? Get up. Don't waste a minute. Enough. Just get up. Don't waste a minute. Travel out of that town. So she traveled to a town in Judah in the hill country straight to Zachariah's house, and she greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leapt, and she was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she sang out exuberantly. You're so blessed among women, and the babe in your womb also blessed. And why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord visits me? The moment the sound of your greeting entered my ears, the babe in my womb skipped like a lamb for sheer joy. Oh, blessed woman who believed what God said and believed every word would come true. How many of you know that you get to be an encouragement to the person next to you that when they come and say, you know what I think? I think God talked to me, and I think he told me that I'm going to get to bless other people. And you're looking at the wreck of their life, and you're like, that's impossible. Come on. But your job is to say, Holy Spirit, you're speaking to this person because they're as big as a wreck as me. Almost. I'm more of a wreck. But Lord, but you've spoken to them. And I'm saying, yes, how blessed am I to get to hear the word of the Lord over your life. And you know what? I'm, I'm celebrating what God has said to you. I'm celebrating that you're, you're talking about impossible things right now. If it weren't for God, what you're saying is crazy. But how blessed am I that I get to hear this great news of what God is doing in your life. And you know what I say? Absolutely, he's going to do that. Absolutely, he's going to do that. Why, everything in me leapt for joy when I heard the promises over your life. It's going to be awesome to see you overcome these crazy circumstances in your life. Here you are in the middle of barely getting by, and God has said that you're going to be a provision for his people, that you'll have more than enough. And here you are on the brink of bankruptcy or having been in the midst of bankruptcy, and you have this promise that you're going to be a conduit for blessing for the kingdom of heaven above and beyond what you could ask or think or imagine. That is insane, except that God said it. And I'm excited to stand by you and say that's impossible with man. I'm getting excited. And Mary said, I'm bursting with God news. That's like good news, only better. I'm dancing the song of my Savior, God. God took one good look at me. Look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. Close your eyes for a minute. Think about what he's done for you. It will never be forgotten. Remind your heart. Heart, don't forget. Don't forget what he's done for you. Remember. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. 
What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy, set apart from all others. His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. I want to stop for a moment because Mary is talking to us right now. Some of us have given our life to Jesus Christ and we've prayed a prayer. And, 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 and again, how stupid is that? You say to Jesus, I believe that you're there. Forgive me my sins and come into my life. What a ridiculous notion. Unless he exists. And then you're born again. And the Spirit of God comes into you. And you become a new creation. And the mercy of God removes the guilt and the shame that you've been living under. And you become something new and bright and true. And as God designed you, and he pulls you close and you say, My God, this is re you're real. I'm new. And that wave of mercy comes. And then a few days pass. And you do something really stupid. And you think, oh, it didn't take. But Mary says, his mercy flows in wave after wave. His mercy extends in both directions, in every direction. So you can get back up. And you can trust in the next wave of his mercy. Come on, who needed to hear that? He bared his arm and showed his strength, scattered the bluffing braggarts. He knocked tyrants off their high horses, pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet, and the callous rich were left out in the cold. He embraced his chosen child, Israel. He remembered and piled on the mercies, piled them high. It's exactly what he promised. Would you say that? It's exactly what he promised. I want you to know that the words of God for all of humanity will come to be exactly like he promised. I want you to know that that does include you. Though it tarry, wait for it. It won't tarry. God's not done with us. He has beautiful things that he's promised each of you. You just told your heart to remember them a moment ago. And his word to you right now is, it's exactly what he promised. And beginning with Abraham, right up to now. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months, and then she went back to her own home. Now the birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. And before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. And Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. And while he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. And God's angel spoke in the dream, Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit-conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. And she will bring a son to birth. And when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. You know, I never really thought about it until I read the story this time. The honor of the God of the universe, the creator of everything, our Father, 
turns to Joseph and says, Joseph, I want you to name my son. We share in the glory of what God does. He doesn't circumvent us. He's brought us into it. Think of the honor of getting to raise the father's son. And not only that, but the father in heaven says to Joseph, I want you to name him. And I want you to name him Jesus. God saves because he will save his people from their sins. This all happens. No, hang on. Yeah, he did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. He married Mary, but he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby. And he named the baby Jesus. And I read that out of order. This all happened to fulfill the Lord's words spoken through the prophet. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, Hebrew for God is with us. And then Joseph woke up and did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. He married Mary, but he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby, and he named the baby Jesus. I love Emmanuel. I think it's one of my favorite names. God's with us. Emmanuel. About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. Now, this was the first census when <laughs> Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. And so Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judah, David's town. For the census, as the descendant of David, he had to go there. And he went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the hotel. Or hostel. There were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood, and they had set night watches over their sheep. And suddenly God's angels stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. I want to, I think it's interesting that the angels appeared to the lowlifes, the lowest caste, the losers. You know, us. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm just saying it's amazing how God comes in and says, I don't care what your placement is in society. I came to bring good news to everyone. And I think it's interesting because he chose those that were far off, those that were considered least, to hear the greatest news that the earth had ever heard, and they were the first to hear it. Isn't that beautiful? He was establishing that he's not a respecter of persons. That means every one of us has full access to the king. Isn't that great news? They were terrified. And the angel said, don't be afraid. I just have one thing to say. When God tells you the truth about what's going on, it's usually so much bigger than you, it will terrify you. And you need to hear God say, don't be afraid. I'll be with you. But if the promises that you have are not so big that you need this God of the impossible to come in and help you do them, and I'm not talking about you have to be a millionaire or you have to preach the gospel to millions of people. I mean, for each of us, it's just beyond what it is that we think we're capable of, which means you're probably hearing from the Lord. 
Amen? Let's get back to the story. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody, worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town. A Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. A horse's lunch. At once, the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the sheep herders talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. And they left running and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. And all who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear, deep within herself. The sheep herders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they'd been told. I speak to you in the name of Jesus Christ that the promises of God in your life, they will turn out exactly the way that he told you. Only don't grow weary in well-doing. Do not faint. You will reap a reward. The Lord says no one who has left houses or mothers or fathers or brothers or material things will fail to receive a hundred times as many in this life and in the next. So I just release that over your heart right now in the name of Jesus. His promise is more true than your circumstance. His words are greater than the challenges that you face. You will reap a reward if you do not faint. And because the Spirit of God is in you, you won't. And when the eighth day arrived, the day of circumcision, the child was named Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived. And then when the days stipulated by Moses for purification were complete, they took him up to Jerusalem to offer him to God as commanded in God's law. Every male who opens the womb shall be a holy offering to God and also to sacrifice the pair of doves or two young pigeons prescribed in God's law. In Jerusalem at the time, there was a man, Simeon by name, a good man, a man who lived in the prayerful expectancy of help for Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. And the Holy Spirit had shown him that he would see the Messiah of God before he died. And led by the Spirit, he entered the temple. And as the parents of the child Jesus brought him in to carry out the rituals of the law, Simeon took him into his arms and he blessed God. I love this point. God, you can now release your servant. Release me in peace as you promised. With my own eyes I have seen your salvation. And it's now out in the open for everyone to see a God revealing light to the non-Jewish nations and of glory for your people Israel. Jesus' father and Jesus's father and mother were speechless with surprise at these words, and Simeon went on to bless them. And he said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. 
And Anna the prophetess was also there, a daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. And she was by now a very old woman. And she had been married seven years and a widow for 84. And she never left the temple area, worshiping night and day with her fastings and prayers. At the very time Simeon was praying, she showed up, broke into an anthem of praise to God, and talked about the child to all who were waiting expectantly for the freeing of Jerusalem. I believe that God has a message in here for those of us that believe our age has constrained us from seeing the purposes of God accomplished in the land of the living. I believe that God included these two faithful saints because there are many of us who have promises from God that we've not yet seen and we're ready to abandon them. And God wanted us to understand and see that he is faithful to fulfill his promises in the land of the living. There are things that many of us are ready to let go of and God is saying, don't. Don't let go of it. You will see the salvation of Israel and of the nations with your own eyes. Hold on to those promises. Even as we see Simeon and Anna, they held on to the promises. And then with their own eyes, we're able to say, now, Lord, now I can go home in peace. Only continue in prayer and faithfulness for those promises that God gave you. Remind him of them. He wants to establish them by the prayers of your mouth, the encouragement of your word, and the actions of your hands. Regardless whether they be <laughs> sweet and smooth like my daughter Autumn's or getting a little liver spotty. God's not a respecter of age. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem village, Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship, a band of scholars arrived in Jerusalem from the east, and they asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signals his birth, and we're on pilgrimage to worship him. When word of their inquiry got to Herod, he was terrified. And not Herod alone, but most of Jerusalem as well. Herod lost no time. He gathered all the high priests and religion scholars in the city together and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? And they told him, Bethlehem, Judah territory. The prophet Micah wrote it plainly. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Herod then arranged a secret meeting with the scholars from the east. And pretending to be as devout as they were, he got them to tell him exactly when the birth announcement star appeared. And then he told them the prophecy about Bethlehem and said, Go find the child, leave no stone unturned, and as soon as you find him, send word, and I'll join you at once in your worship. Instructed by the king, they set off. And then the star appeared again, the same star they had seen in the eastern skies. And it led them on until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. Come on. I'm not even going to preach on that, but come on. They were in the right place, and they had arrived at the right time. That's a say law. They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother, overcome they kneeled and worshipped him, and then they opened their luggage and presented gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In a dream, they were warned not to report back to Herod. And so they worked out another route, left the territory without being seen, and returned to their own country. After the scholars were gone, God's angel showed up again in Joseph's dream and commanded, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and stay until further notice. Herod is on the hunt for this child, 
and he wants to kill him. Joseph obeyed. He got up. He took the child and his mother under cover of darkness, and they were out of town and well on their way by daylight. They lived in Egypt until Herod's death. This Egyptian exile fulfilled what Hosea had preached. I called my son out of Egypt. I, I do want to point out one thing. The angels of the Lord spoke to Joseph and told them when they needed to get up and leave. Unless you have a word of the Lord, stay the course. But when the Lord speaks, take the course the Lord gives you and don't be afraid. Because you can hear the voice of the Lord. Amen? The child grew strong in body and wise in spirit, and the grace of God was on him. I really liked this picture because I was just thinking about the honor that Mary and, and Joseph had in getting to raise the Son of God, who, you know, was a kid just like any kid. You know, Jesus, you know, you know Jesus wasn't just a docile little do-nothing. I mean, he was adventuresome. He was coming to save the world. I'm thinking that he, he got into a few things. Now, we know he didn't sin. But I think most of the things that we have to discipline our kids for aren't usually sins. They're usually just learning how to do life, right? But I'm looking at this young man. He's dressed up for probably a Christmas pageant. But I was thinking that, that Jesus was a young man. And I was thinking about the innocence of the Son of God being willing to come down and experience what we've experienced and the fact that he was innocent. And this year, it just struck me so much. The Son of God, completely innocent. I'm not completely innocent. And I just feel like when I look at the face of this, this young boy depicting Jesus, and I, I don't think it's wrong for us to imagine Jesus right now as a young boy and to think this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. And we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus Christ came and accomplished. And you are the righteousness of God. And so when we remember those things, we're remembering the reality of what we celebrate right now. We celebrate the coming of innocence back to the earth. The coming of righteousness. And therefore, it is a very Merry Christmas.